I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> Dallas sucks. <laughs> what a way to uh, to go into a bye week. I know where we we beat Dallas. What? Yeah. Uh, like what? what wait, no, we, we we crushed Dallas. That's the thing. It's like we didn't even just beat them. We beat them handily. Yeah. With, with like they looked like crap. It was the most put together game we've done so far. So I'm gonna repeat. The bar. Dallas sucks. The bar is the floor, but. Yeah, uh, in this case, your chant is both a, is both a, a nice way to rile up the troops and also a factual statement. Um, we are half a game out of first place, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. No, it really doesn't. Um, it's pretty great, though, I, I think. I don't really know what to think. I don't know. We're I don't think anyone ta- does. We're going to talk about it, though. Um, thank you all for tuning in. This is The Cult of Cult. Uh, this is... Brian Stabby from Hogshaven, and I'm Gumby from now Hogshaven. From Hogshaven, that's right. I was about ready to uh, if 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 you want to do a little bit of writing, I'm, I'll give you a byline credit. Yeah, I don't think I have any punctuation, but you know, I can start writing some stuff. I don't, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have some more of this I'll, whiskey. And I'll get, proof you get, up. Get Honestly, <laughs> I'll be completely honest. I don't really know how semicolons work so well, so d- d- don't sweat it too bad. That, that's the that's the English version of just like ah I'll put this here you know no one yeah. knows what they really work for right sort of like yeah. who versus whom like whom is a, a made up word used to trick students like I I, I maintain that I, I believe you're right it's it doesn't make sense no yeah like lead lead lie it's, it's the, lay laid it's all the same word like stop it yeah English is very silly very stupid but. Uh, I still speak it every day. That's right. It's true. <laughs> well, kind of. Not well. Know. Not well. Not well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a bye week. We will talk a little bit of Washington football team football because presumably if you're listening to this, that's why you're here. Uh, there's only so much to be said. We will do some saying. But I figure this bye week um, is a week for a little R&R, rest and relaxation, Mm. Kind of got to, you know, rest up and relax as as R&Rs want to do. Maybe an opportunity for us. This is what, our seventh? Sixth, sixth, sixth episode, I thought. Sixth episode, sixth episode. And we realized that uh, <laughs> people kind of just started listening to this and may or may not know who we are and may or may not have no listened to any of my previous podcast endeavors, uh, successful or otherwise, and may not have, um, I don't know, where they see you, LinkedIn? You're very active on LinkedIn. Uh, I am active very much on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, yeah. Instagram. The place I'm not existent is Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, which for this little podcast, I guess I should be on Twitter. Yeah. But – well, one of the things people don't realize is that this is my first podcast. No, I think they're Numero realize. uno. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> no, they I'm probably no, figured out quickly. Honestly, <laughs> Gumby, I think you're doing a great job. Uh, the amount of editing that I have to do on this podcast is so minimal. It's been just an absolute delight. So uh, You've been you amazing. And yes, I will say that out loud. Amazing. So mm. I appreciate you. But oh, you just took a little drink there. I did. So, uh, so, so Brian, what you drinking? 
Um, well, I am sipping on. I think I can't now remember what I had last week. It might have, was it the uh, the smoothie the the smoothie beer the smoothie yeah was? something similar um, different brewery similar style Barrier Brewing Co, which is based out of Oceanside, New York. Oh, it's a beer called Kickin' Knowledge. It's it, a milk. The can looks amazing. Yeah, it's very cool. Very cool can. Kickin' Knowledge is a milkshake India pale ale with orange puree, vanilla, coconut, lactose, and hopped with Monteca, Mosaic, and Citra hops. That sounds either amazing or awful. It's fantastic. I don't see there being a middle. Okay, no. That, that you, Again, as a brewer, there are some cheat codes you can do, and basically putting mosaic and citra hops in anything is the easiest way to just like have it taste good. Oh, okay. And personally, I am a I do love anything with vanilla. I love lactose. Like this is one of my favorite styles of beer, and I know that that's considered to be um, somewhat sacrilegious in the traditional beer. Uh, community, but I'm I'm not really a traditional guy, so I'm. Uh, Plus, you you know, not to sound pompous, you are a brewer yourself. As a brewer, yes. Just just finished a nice little batch. At some point, uh, when it's ready, which can be about four or five weeks from now, we're gonna let it we're gonna let it condition on the bottles for a while. We'll we'll do ferment and enjoy t- tasting, maybe on the pod. I don't know, which oh, means maybe I will drink it and I will tell you how it tastes. I will I will come and and do a covid switch yeah. and and yeah. Yeah. Um what are you sipping on? So I decided to keep in the Maryland tradition that I keep going with in this lovely podcast, but mm-hmm. I'm going with whiskey today. Oh. And I'm doing a McClintock distilling company up in Frederick. The your, Maryland your old Heritage, neck of the woods. My my old neck of the woods, you know I, I did a little flying dog before. Yep. Uh, the Maryland Heritage White Whiskey. It's uh, actually a clear whiskey mm. with the state of Maryland on it. Yeah, I see that. So, but I can tell you, it's uh, it's got a little kick to it. Kick to it, a little kick burn. To it, burn on the way burn. down. A little burn. So I got a little creative with mm-hmm. my uh, my alcohol intake, and I didn't want to ruin the whiskey take taste, but I also didn't want to like have a coke or caffeine yet because yeah. I have enough energy as it is. Sure. So I actually found. Uh, a truly, which I know every man will make fun of me, but I found this strawberry lemonade truly, and I just added dashes to that. I've been drinking it, and it tastes actually reasonable. I know that uh, seltzers get a lot of hate, and personally, it took me a while to come around on them, but I'm I'm kind of here for it at this point. There is a time and a place, and it does get the job done. I mean, use a you I, I say this all the time. Use a hammer for a nail. And you use a screwdriver for a screw, and sometimes you just need a truly to cut your grain alcohol um, and make it a little bit less uh, less flammable. <laughs> the case I, I am uh, the person of more of traditional flavors, like not water mixed with fruit and alcohol. However, yeah, in this case, I found a reason for it. Uh, so this random truly sitting in my fridge. I can now throw in the recycling bin and be happy. Which truly did you um, say it was? It was a strawberry lemonade. Hmm. Yeah. It, when uh, the sorority girls get together, they this is their favorite. Low this cow. is their favorite. Hell yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure that I shout out to all the sorority girls uh, and the trulies. 
we have lots of them who listen to this podcast. I think that's probably our target demo. <laughs> is the Zetas <laughs> front row at Maryland? Let's go. That's right. Um. So yeah, I, I figure. Again, we'll talk a little football. We'll get there. Yeah, it's bye week though. It's bye week. You know, they're taking a little bit of time off. We're still here, but we can, I don't want to say take our foot off the gas, but at the same time, um, you know, we can have a little bit of fun. How about we don't take the foot off the gas, we just take a little exit and get right back on. Yeah, detour. Yeah. Yeah. Still still going 90 the whole way, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Everything looks good just in a flash. Um... So to that end, episode, I think we decided on six. Six, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's do a little. Let's do a little introducing of ourselves. I think um, one of the ways uh, that I think is like a very good intro slash icebreaker when you're getting to know new people. Um, I feel like I had to do a lot of these on the first day of like college classes. Although I I was in a college that like had small classes, so like everybody could talk. But it's also like a good, I don't know, like when do you do that? Two two truths and a lie. Two truths and a lie. Like uh, it's also you do like the uh, like when you grew up going to a camp, camp, or uh, or you know you're really intoxicated with your friends and you've done all the truth and dare to the point where. You're currently running around naked, and the cops are coming. So you change the game up a little bit. Yeah, you gotta two truths and a lie. Yeah, um, why don't we do a little two truths and a lie? And here's the problem: I feel like we know each other pretty well. I would agree. I'd agree. So we're gonna have to. The thing is, we're gonna have to get a little creative. No, I think I think I think we'll be okay. I think there's we'll be okay. Good. All right, do you want to go yeah. first or should I go first? Let me go first. You go first. Okay. You have had a little background. Yeah. Uh, why no one knows who I am at all. That's true. Um, so so we're going to do a little two truths and a lie uh, to start. Now, uh, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you one, two, and three, and mm-hmm. you tell me. Mm-hmm. So number one. Yes. And I'm uh, this one's important. I missed the Olympic Park bombing by seconds, just seconds. The one in Atlanta. The one in Atlanta. Uh, I was there. Uh, I was able to. I actually had a shoe problem where my shoe, my feet started hurting because I was working at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my friend and I said, "I'm, my, I'm, my feet are killing me. We've been, we've been up since 7 a.m. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of the Centennial Park." Uh, and we had made a phone call, you know, just a couple of minutes beforehand on these pay phones uh, to another one of my friends, and I was like, "Let's get out of here." And we start meandering outside of. Uh, we were at SWAT, by the Swatch Tower. And we start meandering our way out of Centennial Park, and right behind us, boom. Okay, this one feels very specific, so <laughs> uh, I'll withhold my commentary. Actually, I do have one question before we go move for it. On. Go did for you it. see that Richard Richard Jewell movie? I did. Was I did. it good? I felt bad for the guy. I, I, I mean, I was for me, it was like it was like I watched kind of what all that happened again. The Swatch Towers, where the backpack was next to, like we were right next to where all that happened. Yeah. Of course, there's some Hollywood on there, but. Richard Jewell was actually trying to be a hero, and it may, may be a little bit of a tool bag, but he was trying to be a full hero, yeah. and he got caught in this horrible scenario, and I feel bad for the guy. Mm. So I did watch it. Okay. I didn't see it. It was one of those ones where I was like, I'd watch that if it shows up on HBO, but I haven't seen it. Um, okay, so that's that's number one. Number two. Number one. Yeah. 
Number two. On a transatlantic flight. Yes. From uh, from Dulles Airport. Yeah. To London Heathrow. I watched somebody go into a being rage while in mid-flight, and that person shares a podcast with me that we do every Wednesday night, uh, whose name is Brian Stabby. Uh, and I watched him be in rage while we were on, on that flight while I was drinking red wine. Okay, so that one's the lie. Uh, <laughs> but what's the third one? The third one is um, I was on an airplane going from Dallas to Dallas. Dallas to Dallas. Okay. Dallas to Dallas. And in that in that flight, I was sitting in the back row, and while pretending to do Dutch rudders with my brother as a joke, the the plane caught fire and actually singed the whole side of the plane, but we didn't know that till we landed um, in Kentucky, where they had to evacuate the airport. And after we landed, we just got, we didn't know. No one told us anything. We landed, just like, oh, emergency exit, emergency landing. We get there, this small, tiny airport, and we land, and we look over, and our entire side of our, our, our air, airplane is singed, like from, from the back engine all the way across where we're sitting. Uh, and a guy sat there and told us about how they, like all of the trucks, like the movie scene, all the trucks came out, all the fire engines came out, all that happened. But we didn't know. And so we got caught there until... God, uh, you know, the next morning where actually our friend Terry, his dad saw me on the news on Channel 7 uh, explaining what had happened during the flight. And I got a call the next morning like, are you serious? I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that definitely happened. So those are three oddly specific stories. So I know that you did volunteer at the uh, the Olympics. True. And... I know that we did take a transatlantic flight. The rest of the details in that story, um, I cannot. I can neither verify nor confirm. <laughs> so I guess it's the third. I guess it's the third one, right? Is that the lie? You'd be correct. Yeah. Okay. But here's the lie in that story. We landed in Arkansas, not Kentucky. The rest of that story is true. Wow. A lot of a lot of flight problems. Well, though, there was no problem. I was laughing hysterically at you having your ambient range, okay. your little like neck pillow, For, and all. And I'm yeah, just you gotta red get wine. you gotta get your neck pillow when you're going. I don't sleep on airplanes, so I was just drinking red wine, laughing at you. Mm. It was pretty entertaining. Okay, those were good. Um, so let me let me jump in here. Yeah, jump in here. Two, two truths and a lie, and uh, I, I want I want to get to know my friend a little bit better. Okay, okay. Um. Here are my two truths in a lie. The first one is that I was a commercially licensed school bus driver. Like a CDL? Yeah, like a commercially licensed driver. Yeah. Uh, like I drove school buses. Uh, school bus. You drove, like for a living? Well, there was, there was a, a negligible amount of money associated with this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the second, let's see. Um, one time, I spent a day going pumpkin picking with Fred Smoot. Okay. No, wait, wait. Like 
Washington football team, Fred Smoot? Yeah, I think he's the only one. I'm just making sure. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm very specific. You went, like, just the two of you. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was basically just the two of us. There were other people there, but... Did you guys hold hands? I mean, we might have grazed hands at one point or another when we were both reaching for the same pumpkin. That's that's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I really hope that you got to just hear him talk, because he's amazing. Yeah. He was recently on this uh, this podcast channel, uh, Denton Day interviewed Fred Smoot. Oh, nice. I would, I would love to interview Fred Smoot. I think that'd be a fun one. He is a fun guy. And then yeah. the third one is, um, one time I kicked a Nobel Prize winner in the head. Do you know which one? I do, but that's not part of my two truths and a lie. Okay, okay. <clears throat> you left it very generic. I did. Um, you went very specific, and, and I went yeah. pretty generic. That's I think you went the other way completely. I did, yeah, yeah. I made sure like my points were very, very limited on the lie. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with the smoot. Is the lie? The lie. Yeah, I did not go pumpkin picking with Fred Smoot. I did. I did get to spend a day watching a, a Washington football team game <laughs> with Fred Smoot, and just like wrote down every single thing he said. Uh, I wrote you a, have to. That's just quotes to quote to quote. Yeah, he um, he's hilarious. <laughs> oh no, he and he, I love him. He's he's entertaining as all. I would love to spend an afternoon with Fred Smoot. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll try and get him on. I don't know if I I'm, I don't know if I can do that, but I could try. I don't know. We know pe- we know some people who know some people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we've done some stuff. We've done some stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yes, the other two were true. You trained me. You taught me how to drive a school bus. Yes, I did. And um, I kicked Al Gore in the head at a football game. Oh, how did he take that? Did he teach you about the internet that exact moment? He was. At, he was something. He actually was fine. He like didn't. It didn't bother him. I was like a child, um, but his wife was was not so pleased. Well, you know, there's a reason she never became the first lady. That's true. Second lady. Well, the reason she became, <laughs> became the did not become the first lady is because of the Supreme Court, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's get past that. We're not going to have to deal with that ever. Again. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. Let's get past that right now. <laughs> um, so the, the tie-in on my lie is um, it is it is spooky season. It's football season. It is spooky season. Um, where are we got by the time. Uh, I'll probably have this podcast out by the time Halloween hits, but I figure, you know, we, we teased this, I think, back in episode one. That's one of my favorite things about being on a podcast is you get to mention the other episodes that you've been in. People <laughs> love that. Um, you, uh, you really like Halloween. Oh, uh, I love Halloween. It's, it's one of my favorites. Do you have a holiday that you like more than Halloween? I, I would say Christmas, because yeah. I really get in the spirit. Like I really like like going starting in October and all the way through New Year's. I get in the spirit, hmm. but I it, it's it's pretty it's pretty on par. Like I I love Christmas because the festivities, you know the 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 whole all the lights, all the happy songs, and I love Halloween for completely the opposite reason, because you get to scare the the, the living crap out of people. Mm-hmm. You get to like go inside someone's soul and take it away and then never give it back. Mm. You get to like scare people and you get to like, then then you go home and hand out candy to small children and it's awesome. And you see how happy they are. 
So it's this whole different genre of amazingness that is to me Halloween. Um, okay, let's do a little rapid fire here. Go for it. What uh, What's your favorite Halloween candy? Stickers. Stickers. Okay. How about you? Um, I think I like Reese's Cups. That's a fair one. That's a fair one. I do really like Snickers, though. Yeah, the problem with Reese's Cups is that if they're in the bag, they like get they get all, all mushy. Yeah, yeah, and I love them, but I can't. I, I got put in the freezer. It's right when I get home. Snickers is really kind of a perfect candy because it, really it has is. chocolate and nuts and nougat and caramel. It's oh, it's a kind of a perfect candy. No, I, I agree. That's what's my favorite. Yeah, but for Halloween, when you were a kid, yeah. Did you ever find another kid and take their candy? What do you mean? Like, like, did you ever go through the neighborhood, find a kid, be like, that's my candy, and roll out? No, I was, like, pretty, I was pretty focused on, like, hitting as many houses as I could. Um, I really wasn't too concerned with anybody else. Did you steal other people's candy? One time. What, what's... I, like, I, I, I did exactly what you did, and I was like, I want more candy. So I walked out, and the kid... Same age as me, so I didn't go after like some young kid. And Did I was you, know this, like, you know this this child? No, no, okay. no, no. And I just walked up, was like, "That's mine." And I took it, and I left. And of course, he like he freaked out, and I, I felt bad. I still feel bad. I never did it again. It's one of those things. Is like you know, you feel bad as a, as an adult. We all do stupid crap. Yeah. I mean, I I felt bad when I ate all that his candy, but I never did it again. And I I still to this day feel bad about it. What's your favorite? Halloween song. Um, it's not actually a song. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, well, well, sort of. So the I really, really like the sound of small children saying weird things on a school bus. Like, like if you walk through a haunted attraction, yeah, and there's small kids recording and they're just saying weird stuff. So like, um. Like children's voices, yes. Like in like a spooky way. And again, if I'm going to go like in that in that genre, but it, it was a song. It's the Freddy Krueger. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yeah, sure. Three. That that I like that okay. that type of like it feels creepy. Like you like you you know something bad's about to happen. Mm. Okay. What about what about you? Any any Halloween songs that just stick out? You're like, oh yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, my favorite Halloween song is um are you familiar with the television program 30 rock very much so they had a little throwaway bit where tracy morgan's character uh had i believe it was a halloween special and the song that he sang was werewolf bar mitzvah (laughs) and they ended up recording an entire song called werewolf bar mitzvah um so that song always that tickles me. I really like Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. I'm a big fan of um, like the Ghostbusters theme song too. I think Ghostbusters yeah. is and that definitely counts as iconic as a Halloween, uh, yeah, Halloween thing, yeah, song. No, 100. percent Like the Ghostbusters, you have to watch during the Halloween season for sure. It should be on like the, like the Christmas story is during Christmas. I have the I have the vinyl, like the oh. record of Ghostbusters, the soundtrack. <laughs> I like everything you just said. Yeah, I'll probably be listening <laughs> to that at some point this weekend. Um, okay, go ahead. Favorite? Uh, what's what's the f- your favorite Halloween costume you've ever had? 
actually, this one's very biased. So I'm not even going to lie to you about this one. We all know my nickname. My nickname's Gumby. Yeah. So one year, someone showed up and gave me a full Gumby costume for free. Wow. Just hand, they were like, this is yours. And those things are not cheap. No. And so literally for the next like whole month, that's what I wore all over the place. Do you still have it? And that was my favorite. I do not. I was in a car accident. And uh, when I was in the car accident, I showed up and the guy's like, listen, um, I really want that Gumby costume. And I was like, ah, it's mine. He's like, how about I give you an extra two grand off your car because it's totaled? Deal. Huh. So he gave me two extra grand towards my car for a Gumby costume. That's probably so that it, that's probably a good trade. Probably it was a gift they kept giving. Okay, that's a good one. My favorite costume, my favorite Halloween costume, I think that I ever had was um, probably the one that took the most work. And I will admit that I did a little bit of the work, and my mother did the majority of the work. In it was a dream. Um, Halloween, I want to say Halloween. Two, yeah, it was two thousand. I went as the two thousand presidential election. <laughs> I can see your mom making that. Yeah. I can definitely see your mom making that. Maybe I'll put that. Oh maybe I'll God. put that in the in the post uh, somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, half of me was covered in like leaves and shrubs because I it was like bush, and then I had uh, the rest of me was was bloody and gory like Al Gore, oh, who I kicked. God. In my head. Um, yeah. His yeah. wife saw them forgiving you. It was it was a good it was a good it was a good Halloween costume. That's ridiculous. That's one. actually funny. I can definitely see your mom going that way. Yeah. Um, the, the glue gun. There was like a, a lot of trauma associated with the amount oh. of glue sticks using that glue gun. Um, but it was it, it paid off. I was I I had the most culturally relevant Halloween costume at the Halloween parade when I was like ten years old, nine years old. But yeah, I guess it was ten. Um, That's about the same time I think I was babysitting you. I I think that might be right. I think that might be right. Um, other Halloween questions. Um, hmm. Do you do your house? Do you do spooky house? No. No. So, and to kind of get into that, I'll, I'll give you a little tidbit into my little world here. Um, I throw some pumpkins up. I throw some lights up. I don't do a lot. The reason is because is uh, for years and years and years and years and years, I actually worked in haunted attractions. Sure. Okay. So I was never home for Halloween. So for me, it's like, you know, like it's, it's almost like I'm working again by putting too much effort into my house. And people expect a lot. So I can't I can't do half of it. I can't just oh, here's some lights. Yep. People expect either a full on haunted house or just hand out some candy with right. some lights. And I said, so I just do that because it's it's it'll take too long and too much time. So for those who are unfamiliar with the concept of haunted attractions, I know what you mean. <laughs> But do you want to describe to the listening audience what a haunted attraction is? So for almost 20 years of my life, yeah. I have taught people how to scare other people to the point where I've even been to conventions for it. Um, like a spook so, convention? Yes, okay. like a Halloween convention. Okay. Um, so with that, uh, what I have done is uh, as a haunted attraction – is literally what you think it is. It's a haunted house or a haunted forest or anything like that. It's like a walkthrough mm-hmm. where you get scared. Yes. Those wonderful things that people spend lots of money on every year. And I have been doing that for almost 20 years of my life of teaching the actors how to scare you as you walk through. Mm. So like a 
director of haunts? Like, do you have a job That's... title associated with it? Nah, they just call me Gumby. Hmm. But but that would be it. Like like exactly that. It would be uh, you know, uh, a director of haunts or a a cast direct something something in that range. But yes, so I I, I teach people how to scare other people. Chief executive, spook master. <laughs> well, you have a pretty good uh, haunted attraction story yourself. Because we actually spent a couple of years working together at a haunted attraction in uh, in Montgomery County. We did, yes, we did back in the now, day. What was your What was your favorite part about the haunted world? I personally, I really liked it, except for when it was too cold outside. Because we'd what be outside until like, I want to say like one eleven later. Than that it was like it was yeah, pretty like, late. It'd be like usually one o'clock in the morning. Um. Yeah, and we'd be out there spooking people. I'm not. I'm not such an aggressive spooker. I don't even like scary movies. I do. You have a favorite well, scary me neither. movie? You don't have. So that's interesting. No. What makes me really good at what I do is that when I go to haunted attractions and I watch scary movies, I still get scared. Yeah. Twenty years into this, and so I still freak out. So it makes me really good at telling people how to scare other people because I'm the guy who here's a chainsaw is in a full sprint. Yeah, I mean, I probably my favorite spooky movie is Ghostbusters. Still, um, you know, I I just. I don't know. Dan Aykroyd, really. <laughs> I think he's just fantastic. Um, well, well, I want to hear, what exactly did you do with these haunts? Like, what, what was your thing? My haunt, my my thing. Um, I know, I think I did a variety of things, but the one that stands out the most to me was I had, um, I was up high. I was up, it was all outside. I was up high, like I was on top of a what was a rock climbing wall normally. And my job was when people would walk past, I had a big giant spider that was on a rope. And as they walked past, I would throw the spider off the side. And if I did it right, it would like swing past and behind them. And so they go, oh, like, you know. Um, no, no, people got scared. Like you see a big old spider because we also had a light that hit at the same time. Yeah. You you got it where people were scared. Like, people hit the deck. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was pretty good at throwing that spider at just the right time. It took a little bit of practice. Um, you did a good job. I do remember, I think, the first year that we did this that, like, nobody showed up. And so I spent a yeah. lot of time sitting next to this giant spider trying to, like, do my algebra homework in the dark out in the woods in, like, 10.30 at night, like, with a flashlight. <laughs> and then, like, I'd hear people coming, like, oh, okay, I got to get ready to throw the spider. Um, I think it was – I had a fine time. It was fine. You did oh, a good yeah, job. No, uh, no we, we, again, we, I turned it into a, a side career for quite a bit of time. Yeah. Uh, where uh, where it ended up for many many years is actually, and I'm gonna give him a shout out mm-hmm. because I, I'm wearing the hat. Is uh, actually Markoff's Haunted Forest in Poolsville. Yeah, I was gonna ask you if you had any recommendations for. I presume the majority of people who listen to this are like in the DMV area or at least the Mid Atlantic area. Do you have a favorite? So you can talk about Markoff's, but like, do you have a favorite spook or haunt that you go to? There, so. In the area, I would say in the uh, the DMV, the problem you're going to have is a lot of them got shut down for this year. Sure. A lot uh, of things are shut down for this year. Exactly. Yeah. So only the ones that are outside are really open. And Markoff's, which is, again, one of the top-rated haunts in the nation, 
in Poolsville. So if you're in Northern Virginia, you can take White's Ferry over. They don't close until after Markoff's close. Yeah. Uh, so that you're available, so you can write from Leesburg right on over uh, to Poolsville. Or if you're willing to do the trip, you want to go to the Lancaster area. Yeah. And hit Field of like, Screams. The Field of Screams, Bates Motel, Jason's Woods. That is a a cluster that's about eh, two hours away. That is just gonna it'll scare you. Yeah. They do a great job up there. Okay, that's good to know. Um... So local or long distance. There's scares out there for you. Yeah, Halloween is so interesting because, like, like I'll admit I don't know very much about the history of Halloween, but it is does feel like a very different type of holiday than any other holiday that people really celebrate, at least in the United States. Um, oh yeah, like every other holiday kind of makes sense, you know, in terms of like new year's it's the new year and like martin luther king day it's like we're honoring martin luther king and then like president's day it's like well there were some good presidents at one time and then so we get to take a day off and then like i'm going through the federal holidays what is it i, I know you are uh, <laughs> you know fourth of july is great because like independence and then memorial day like is important because like we're honoring uh like the war dead um and then Labor Day is important because labor is good and uh, is important and people should be rewarded for it. Um, Columbus Day, eh. Native People's Day, sure. Uh, yeah. Veterans Day, yes, good. Honor the veterans. You know, Thanksgiving, great. Family, holiday season, Christmas, yada, yada, very good. One of these things well, is not so, like the other. It's, it's Halloween. Well, so Halloween does have a good background Okay, where... The whole idea was that you were celebrating in the very beginning the the, the dead, the, the people that you knew who passed away leading up to All Saints Days. So what you wanted to do is that you actually wanted to dress as a, as a spirit so they would think you were part of it and you could fit in. Uh, and that has slowly adapted to what we now know as Halloween leading up to All Hallows Eve. So that's what Halloween is, All Hallows' Eve, and then All Saints' Day is All Hallows' Day in essence. So that's kind of what you're looking at where people dress up in costumes to blend in with spirits. And you thought you were going to listen to this episode and you're just going to hear two guys talking about the Washington football team and you didn't think you were going to learn a <laughs> single darn thing. Well, guess what? That's that's pretty good. Um, it is definitely a weird, a weird holiday. It's great. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, Okay, that's that's great. Um, okay, other Halloween thoughts? Do you have any Halloween stories? Like, do you have any fun, memorable Halloween-related things that have happened to you? I imagine you do because you take this stuff very seriously. Well, I'm going to bring in the Washington football team. Is this a crossover? Is this a crossover story? A crossover. I have a crossover moment of my life where the Washington football club and Halloween have come together. That's so I, make it crossover. That's interesting because so Halloween is in the middle of the football season. I imagine there have been Halloween. I mean, they have to have had played games on Halloween. Actually, you tell your story, and I'm going to listen actively, but I'm also going to be looking up games that the football team has played on Halloween. Please, please, absolutely. So right before Halloween happened, uh, this was a few years back. I decided to go to a Washington Football Club game. And, of course, being the Halloween guy that I am, I had this awesome pumpkin mask. Pumpkin, 
like super realistic, lots of like uh, hay and straw coming out of it. And I threw it on and we drove down. I did not drive. I'm going to keep reiterating that part of the story. Okay. Well, we drove down and uh, we had pretty good seats, uh, but we were right right behind us, you know, right against a wall. And right above us was a, a press box area. Okay. Uh, like to the point where I could like grab my hand and grab the window if I wanted to. In that window was Michael Wilbon. Michael Wilbon nice. of the Washington Post and what's that stupid sports talking show that he does? Pardon the uh, interruption. PTI? Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So again, so so and Wilbon for years was was uh, a reporter that dealt with the Washington football team. Okay. Like he was at every game. Okay. And he's a Chicago guy, so you know he's just he's doing his job. I think he still liked the team at the time, but he was more he's more of like a Chicago Bears type guy. Um, so I'm sitting there, and he's renowned for being kind of an a hole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yes. I'm just leaving that out there like that. And a lot of people's stories, people despise Wilbon because he just doesn't want to talk to people. Yeah. But we're, we're we are you know five feet from each other, and that I'm talking about vertically three up and probably about two back. So it's not even five total feet. And I have a mouth on me, if you guys haven't noticed yet. And I'm just talking. I'm just talking. Not only do Michael Wilbon, my friends, the people in the crowd, like just talking. But the whole time in this realistic pumpkin mask, even to the point where I'm drinking beer through the mask, I'm not giving up. I'm pumpkin guy today. Yeah. Well, in the – I guess we were playing the – I think San Francisco was the team we were playing, and we – Killed them. So it wasn't even a, like, a game. Who was playing in that game? Do you have any recollection? No. I, I think it was like the, the. It would have been like the. I, I believe off the top of my head, like this would have been 2005 to 2010 range. Okay. So they could have been good. Yeah. They could have been decent, like to the point where they. And, and San Francisco wasn't good at the time. Okay. So so we. It was a game where it was out of hand early. Okay. Which made it that, that no one really cared as much about the game because we I had been drinking and Michael Wilbon has to write about what he has to write about. So the whole time, we just start talking smack back and forth. Okay. And with, I actually with Wilbon with Michael Wilbon. Okay. And he is not. I did not know this till later, but he is not known for talking to people at all. Okay. At all. Yeah. And when he does, it's usually like, uh, "Hey, get away from me." So for three quarters, Michael Wilbon, myself, and a couple of my friends and I all had amazing conversations and smack talking back and forth. Again, I'm in a pumpkin mask the whole time. So the very end of the game, you know, like a couple minutes left, and I am just rowdy, full on rowdy. I had drank enough of the $13 beers, and uh, I'm, I'm in a pumpkin mask. I'm ready to go. Michael Wilbon just kind of leans over. Grabs me and goes, I, I, I say grab, he kind of puts his hand on my shoulder, yeah. no, nothing really assertive. And just kind of put, and he's like, are you driving? And I look, I was like, absolutely not. And I looked over at my friend, I just pointed to him and he goes, oh, thank God. You guys have a great day. It was awesome having to hang out with you guys during this game. And happy Halloween. Michael Wilbon rolled out. I was like, great, what Michael Wilbon, Washington football team story. Pumpkin guy was hanging. So you, you won him over. It, it could have just been the scenario, but either way, Michael will. I mean, I'm not. I I, I talk a lot. Sure. But I'm not mean. Yeah. I'm not mean. So it was enjoyable. I really enjoyed hanging out with Michael Wilbon. On 
Halloween 1943, Sammy Baugh threw for six touch touchdowns against, this says Brooklyn? What? I don't know. 48 to 10. And then the, the Brooklyn, okay, I guess it'd be New York Giants, I guess. I don't know. I'm not going to do the research. This is not a podcast that does the research. On October 31st, 1972, Jamie Asher was born. Remember Jamie Asher? He's he's a tight end. (laughs) Uh, What else? In 1954, they beat the Colts 24 to 21 in Washington to improve to 1 and 2, a season that they finished 3 and 9. These are. Fun Halloween Ooh. facts. Uh, on October 31st, 1976, it says they were, I'm going to read you from this Snopes article. They were spooked by the Dallas Cowboys in a Halloween day game, losing 20 to 7 and predicting the loss for incumbent Republicans. Oh, you know about this? This, uh, this, the, the, how they predict the presidential elections, whether or not they win or lose. Do you know about this? I, I've heard about this, but I don't know it too well. I don't think that it still holds up, but I believe that for a very long time that if they lost their last home game prior to the election, the incumbent party lost the White House, and if they won, the incumbent party stayed in power. That is so weird. So they... That's super weird. One last... Well, there'll be another. Will there be another one? God, what day is it? I don't know that we're publishing this episode. <laughs> we're probably going to publish the episode. I'm trying to find the, the game. So That uh, you went to that you met Wilbon? Yeah, I can't find okay. it. I'm, I, I will figure that later. It's not worth uh, me sitting here fighting over that. But let's talk about fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, so so we, we've talked about Halloween. We talked about Halloween. We've, we talked about Michael Wilbon. We talked about spooks. We talked about haunts. We talked about frights. We talked about you throwing spiders at people and scaring literally, literally the ass out of we've, them. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, we haven't really talked about it. But you know, we haven't. Yeah. We haven't talked about the actual game. No, we haven't talked about the game. And if you're still listening to this, um, so so glad that you're still here. Um, <laughs> the the Washington football team. It's a bye week. It's a bye week. It's a bye week. Yeah. Put this on in the background. Make yourself a nice dinner. Have yourself a cocktail. We're we're not we're we're easy listening. Um, Throw some dry ice in there so it looks like yeah, like fog. Spooky. Yeah. Um, they beat Dallas. The Washington football team they, beat Dallas. They handily beat Dallas. Yeah. Um. I wasn't, if it, if it isn't completely abundantly obvious, like I wasn't exactly prepared to talk about what would happen following a victory. I mean, we had your brother on last week. Um, yeah. Really appreciate him taking the time out to talk about his experience being deep in enemy territory. I would love to hear how things have gone for him this week, um, if he's taken any flack from his fellow Dallas-Fort Worthians. They, um, it wasn't much of a game. And if you had told me, Brian, it's not going to be much of a game. I would have said, oh, they beat, they beat the shit out of them. They They beat, they got demolished. The the football team, watch football team got their ass kicked. It didn't go that way. Um, I, I, I am surprised. I did not, I did not anticipate that. They would win. I'm pretty stoked that they won. It just 
continues to throw me this team continues to throw me for a loop in new and exciting ways obviously i would prefer it if they win than if they lose um especially if they're playing dallas they um i mean what what are the what were the big standouts of this game for you so i'm going to remind everyone that we're still two and five so going into our bye week we are still on par to get four and ten if we do the exact same thing but we'll get more of that later yeah um with Dallas, a couple of things that happened. First, I'm going to talk about the Boston kid. Yeah, I think that's that's got to be the like that's the thing that came out of this game that people were talking about most. I mean, the fact that it was like a a, a gross game, you know, like the the X's and O's of the game really didn't make a ton of waves, um, understandably. But yeah. Bostic's hit on Andy Dalton and knocked him out of the game. Um, it was bad. Don't you don't like to see that? It was bad. Yeah. But let me let me from a football player's point of view, and we all when you see it in slow motion, it's horrible. Sure. It is a horrible hit. Bostic's going full throttle. Yeah. His his mind is is I love it where it's at. He's I'm going to just ruin people tonight. I'm jacked up. I'm ready to go. The Dallas football team was not in this game. No. Just like my brother said last week, they care more about themselves, and they're just dealing with their own problems right now. They don't care about rivalries. They don't care about anything mess. else. They, they're, a mess. they're a mess. But they're, it's an, an internal mess. And that internal mess was very obvious during this game because even when they were just down by a little bit, they didn't care. You got Bostic, who is – the. The Washington football team was 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 ready. They came in pumped. They came in ready to go. Now whether or not we get that ever again this season, I don't know. But those the guys came in ready to go. So you're a linebacker. You're ready to go. You you get a guy, a guy coming across. You get the quarterback scrambling, and the quarterback waits split second longer than he needs to slide. As a veteran, he needs to pull up. We know that. Yeah. But as a football player. He needs to hit this guy. Yeah. He just made an improper hit. He took Andy Dalton out. And it was hard. It was wrong. It was not the hit you should have taken. Um, but if you look at it full speed, he went for it. I'm not mad at going for it, but he paid the consequences. Yeah, do we um, have there been has the there game. been supplemental discipline? Do we know if there's been no. no? They're not there's not going to be exactly for that. Like it wasn't like it was on purpose. He didn't do something so egregious that it had to be fined. He made a hit. A quarterback goes for a slide, but when a quarterback waits for the slide, it makes it hard as a defender to know when and when not to hit him. I have a lot of empathy for defensive players in the NFL because the way that the league is structured right now is that the rules make it really hard for them to do their job. I think a lot of times, even in sort of ways that are otherwise not dangerous or really inconspicuous, um, you know, late hits on the quarterback. I mean, they've really made protecting the quarterback important and I think it should be but I routinely catch myself when I watch games asking you know when there's a penalty 
a guy makes contact with a helmet with, you know, he's trying to finish a tackle. I'm routinely catching myself going, well, what, what was he supposed to do? Like, what was he supposed to do? He was finishing a tackle. He was finishing a hit. Um, yeah. You know, like they were hand checking a defensive back, like made a little bit of contact. The rules, I believe, are stacked against defensive defenses. They just are. That said, I think here um, there's a line. He knew it immediately. He got up and jogged up right off the field. He knew. Oh, he knew. He he knew what he had done. And in this round, so so if you ever played football, and, and, I and for years I played for a teeny deep, tiny I, bit. <laughs> But but I played for years and years and years, and I and I played defense. And you go in, and the idea that I'm in a full sprint, that there's someone running from the backfield coming towards me, quarterback, and at the last second he can decide to slide, right. and once he slides, I can't touch right. him. Is is impossible. Right. What do you However, What are you supposed to do? Exactly. You're supposed to hit him. But here's the catch is that you do have just enough whereabouts to be able to say, I'm not going to take his head and slam it into the ground. Um, and I've always, I've hated the NFL rule. If a guy goes in and, and he ducks his head below where it is significantly below his chest. And all of a sudden as a defender, you go from, you know, six feet of opportunity to hit somebody down to like two feet and you hit him helmet to helmet because he dives down and you're trying to make a tackle. That's not fair. Right. That's 15 yards you get thrown against you, but you were just doing what you normally do, and you were going at, at an angle, which is the waist to the knee. You were going for the correct hit, and the guy put his head down there. That's not my fault as a defender. Andy Dalton didn't do that. No, and here's the thing, though. Technically, it is your fault as the defender because that's what the rule is, and it doesn't make it... Yeah. It, it, it sucks. It's hard, but... Oh, it's a pile. That's why, you know, that's why they get paid the big bucks like you just have to not do it or otherwise suffer the consequences and there are certainly i'm sure some coaches i don't want to like bring up greg williams and like bounties on players but who are going to tell you like okay i'll take that all day like i'll take that like i'll take the penalty if you finish the hit that's fine i'll pay the fine if you if you finish the hit well but and, and yeah go ahead uh, i just i understand uh, the frustration i it is it was bad my frustration is the nfl it's not the teams. It's not the players. And, and I'm going to say this, and, you know, Hogshaven may hate me for it, but I don't care. Um, the NFL spent years and years and years and years, decades, decades, making money, making making money and, and growing their league off of hits like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and, and early 90s. You had you, – you bought tapes. You bought videotapes of the hardest hits of the NFL that year. Every year you bought them. You bought the ones that just ruined people. And over and over again, the NFL just kept making money. They built what you see now off of these hits. Sam Huff always would talk about how they he made he hit a guy so hard he made him made him shit himself. This was Sam Huff's story. Yeah. It was a great story. And this is what what was ingrained in, in defensive players' heads from from all the way from you know, from the Chicago Bears, 85, to the, the, the 60s, to the 90s, when we had great defenses here in, in Washington. But their whole thing was, I want to hit somebody so hard that I make them forget. I want them to S themselves. I want them just to not be in the game. And the NFL made an amazing amount of money off Sure that. they did. And now they're going to come back and go, oh, 
Well, now because of concussions, which is valid right. concussions, you're going to walk away and say, oh, I can't – you can't hit a guy now. You've given me a, a helmet, pads. You've given me insane athletic ability, and you want me to be able to just not do that after years and years and years of, of this is where we are? The NFL is wrong on this. Um, it's hard. And they're trying to it, back up from where concussions. Right. They're trying not to spend a bunch of money on concussions for these retired NFL players. I um I know <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, I know it's a bye week and no one likes having to do homework. <laughs> but I have I'm actually gonna recommend there's a piece that was written in in Sports Illustrated in two thousand seven. I just found it actually. Um, it was a cover story of Sports Illustrated, July twenty fourth, two thousand seven, a piece by uh, Tim Layden. I will post this in the show notes. It was called "The Big Hit," and it was basically an article that went through and um, talked about a couple of very notable hits from the NFL that still stand out. You remember Reggie Bush like getting his ass hit real hard in that Eagles oh, yeah. game where it was like a swing pass out to the flat and he just got blown oh. up. Think about. Uh, I think they're talk about. Uh, one of those hits on Ben Roethlisberger. It might have been like Terrell Suggs. And sort of talks about exactly what you're talking about, the culture of hitting in the NFL. Yeah. Sean Taylor in the it's That is mentioned, Brian, Brian Mormon and Sean Taylor is mentioned in this article. I highly recommend this piece. It is so good. And maybe the, I think maybe we'll sort of do, this is an off-season deep dive in the culture of hitting, and maybe we'll do sort of a, a retrospective on this. But... All of that is to say, um, you know, Bostic lays out a sliding Andy Dalton. He comes out of the game. They bring in like a seventh rounder, a local kid from from JMU, whose name Jim, I haven't yeah, been, James Madison. been bothered to learn. Um, all right, come on. He's an NFL quarterback. Ben DiNucci, all right, okay. who finished two of three for 39 yards and was sacked three times. Um I think the big ta- two big takeaways for me from this football game. One, it's going to pain me to say this one a little bit, but Antonio Gibson is looking pretty good. <laughs> Gibson had True. a very nice day. 20 carries, 128 yards, a touchdown, averaged 6.4 yards per carry. Uh, J.D. McKissick and Peyton Barber each had 35 yards apiece. So the, the run game was there um, in a way that it has not been. They finished over 200 yards. So... I'm going to give them all the all the credit in the world on that one. Um, they looked great on the ground. The other thing is this defense statistically is starting to at least, yeah, I'm, again, I'm going to caveat it one more time, statistically is starting to meet or exceed expectations in a way that um, I mean, we came into the season saying that they were going to have a great front seven, sort of have had some mixed results, but in terms of their production and points allowed, they're in the top half of the league. They're, you know, look, they've played the Giants and the Cowboys. It's not like they're playing world beaters or whatever. Eagles haven't even looked terribly good, but you can't take that away from them. Even at 2-5, and five, the defense is putting up numbers, and, yeah, I mean, holding the Cowboys to three points... I mean, Dalton, between Dalton and Danucci, they only had, I mean, you count sacks as negative yards. They have 59 yards total passing, so that's including six sacks for negative 55 yards. They did a 
fantastic job all around. They held Zeke Elliott to 45 yards on 12 carries, 83 total yards uh, for the entire team. I don't know. I, I It's great. I'm, again, a little bit baffled, but the fact that this defense is starting to show something or at least has put together enough games in a row where it's like, hmm, okay, they're respectable. Um I think it's I think it's something you can hang your hat on a little bit at least. So I would say that this game was the most complete game uh, that 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 the Washington Football Team has put together this season so far. Okay. Yeah. Um, they didn't have to come back. They took advantage of each scenario. And again, the Cowboys were depleted, but it doesn't matter. You're still playing an NFL team. Yep. And the, the, they took advantage of it. Now, my in watching the game, uh, my unsung hero in this whole thing is uh, Moses Morgan Moses. Moses. Sure. He fought through whatever injury he was going through. It looks like it was a, maybe a thigh injury or a groin injury, and he just kept playing. Uh, here's an offensive line that is depleted, an offensive line that doesn't have very much no, left over anyway. It's spare parts. It's spare parts, but the ones that are good are good, and, and Sheriff's back, and, and Morgan Moses knew that. And I'll tell you what, he came through, and he just kept playing. Now, that is... That is deserves an honor. That deserves credit. I mean, I watched him wobble in and off, but every single play he just kept hitting. Mm-hmm. And and those running backs getting all the accolades they just got. Look at Morgan Moses as the reason why. Let's look at Morgan Moses. Look at that interior lineman and go. You had to deal with people just keep coming, just keep coming, keep coming. And he did a phenomenal job. And I mean, I I, I know he couldn't walk on Monday. He was he was probably that injured. Yeah. It's and the, he took this. He's, he's taking this whole time off, but man, he he unsung hero. Bye week one. comes at the right time for uh, for Morgan Moses. Um, I guess the one other takeaway from that game is a uh, really unfortunate injury. The Landon Collins going to end his season. Um, he I think came in with sky high expectations. Did not look fantastic last year has been less of a factor good or bad this year it's you are they're a better team with them than they are without them period um and so to lose a guy like that i think is going to present additional challenges to the defensive secondary i i don't know um they're just gonna have to figure it out and if it means like troy apke or someone's gonna have to step up I mean, he's going to have to step up for sure. But, you know, look like Carmen Curl, I think we're going to see some more out of. Um, we're going to see more out of DeShazer Everett. It's it, it's clearly been an issue um, on the back end, and it, it gets more challenging now without him. I don't necessarily have anything notable or poignant to say, well, but it just sucks. So with Landon Collins, yeah. Yeah, with Landon Collins, one of the things as uh, when you look at a defense is the less you hear someone's name, mm-hmm. that's almost the better. Because, again, over the last X amount of games, so we're at two and five, so seven games, we haven't heard Landon Collins' name a no. lot. Um, and that's good in a defense because he, whoever he's with, whatever man he's been around, minus one one to five times that you've seen something happen, then you see him go by, and, and at least three of those times it wasn't his fault. Landon Collins' name has not been said, which means he's locking down his defender quietly 
and hap and in his world happily. Yeah. So if you have this defender locking someone down and he gets injured, we all may be like, oh, he's made no. We didn't see him. We didn't see him. He doesn't matter. He's been doing it quietly. He's been doing his job this whole time. And 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 you'll if you go through and read some stuff, lots of accolades to him because he's been doing that. But he's injured now. Right. He's gone for the season. So you lose this captain. You lose a guy who's been keeping him on lockdown. And what do we do next? And it's one of those. It's let's see. But we, ha- but we have a bye week to put it all together. Right. But we, ha- you're right. We are a better team with him than we are without him. Yeah, I just hope for um, for them to be able to rest up. I mean, obviously there was the great news with Ron Rivera doing his last cancer treatment this week. I mean, just unbelievable what he. Ha- I mean, it seems like lunacy to me that he has subjected himself to trying to coach this team and build a culture all the while sort of dealing with these very personal things in a very public manner. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty in awe of it. You know, it's, it's a, it's an incredible challenge and hopefully he's able to get and stay healthy. Um, and, you know, it's it's really just wild to think. Um, but yeah, this is a well deserved. This is a well deserved week off, I think, for the for the team, for the franchise. Um, I'm very glad that they went into the bye week with a win. It's a very different feeling than the alternative where you have to sit there and stew on it. Um, I think my final thought for the evening, and we'll save my guy for for next week. Um, okay is as crazy as it is this team is Kyle Allen making the decision to run for the pylon against the Giants for a two-point conversion away from being in first place in this division like fairly comfortably and so you know again my expectations are very low I picked him at three wins until they show me something really noticeably different, I'm still staying there. Uh, blind squirrel finds a nut every so often. I think that may be the case. I don't want to take anything away from them. I just still don't, you know, I don't fully believe yet because one win does not a full season make. But, you know, it, it is a good feeling to be able to go into this week um, to rest, to relax, and to be able to celebrate a win over a team that I do not have very much love for. Dallas sucks. Dallas sucks. Let's just say the way yeah. it is. We beat them, and now we're uh, half game back. Let's. Uh, the next step is we don't know. We're going against some really bad teams the next couple of weeks, and it'll make us or break us. I'm still seeing five right. wins. Like you said, you went, I three, went three. I went five, and, uh, and, and I'm hoping so, – so a good example is we went from uh, a draft pick in the maybe third, second or third pick mm-hmm. to ninth pick because of this win. Okay, yeah. Is that is that detrimental to our our our, our future? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. And, and we were looking at the trading deadline coming up on November third. We'll see what happens. But let's find out if we're buyers or sellers. Yeah, and that'll be interesting. That'll certainly be something we talk about next week. I think there is at least some semblance of an expectation that there are some guys on this roster who will not be here by the time that we have our next conversation. Um, And 
the NFL trade deadline is very different from, I think, the three other major U.S. sports, whereas um, yeah. there's just like not that much activity. There, that has changed a little bit in the last couple of years. Um, this is a weird season, so we'll keep an eye on it. Let's make it yeah, weird. Let's, let's make it weird. I hope everyone has a lovely, spooky, scary Halloween. Um, I hope you get lots of Reese's Cups, lots of Snickers. Hope everyone stays very safe. Yeah, thanks for all for listening. And for for Gumby, now of Hogshaven, and for Brian Stabby, also of Hogshaven, you've been listening to The Cult of Colts. <laughs>